Sports Podcast presented by 105.3 The Fan. Thank you, Bianca Castro. It is true. It is the NBC5 Sports Podcast presented by 105.3 The Fan. I am NBC5's Pat Doney, joined this week by my main man, Sean Sharif from the Sean and RJ Show on 105.3 The Fan. Sean, how you been, man? Thanks for some time this weekend. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Man, we've gone from this, like, sports desert, nothing going on, to where I feel like these podcasts, we try to keep it 15, 20 minutes because we know the people's time, they're valuable. The time's valuable. But, man, it's just so much going on right now. And I have a four-and-a-half-hour show every morning, and I'm like, I could do six hours. I don't, I don't want to do six hours management, so don't put me into that. But you're waiting to sit there and talk about sports. I know how much you love it. That's how we got into this, and I feel like I could do six-hour shows these days. Try doing a four-minute sportscast on TV with everything going on right now. Almost (laughs) impossible right now. And let's dive right into this thing right away, man. I want to start with the Dallas Mavericks. Man, you know, they showed so much fight so far early in this series against the Los Angeles Clippers. They're down, though, two games to one. The big news, though, Luka Doncic, questionable for the next game for the Mavs with that ankle injury. First things first, I went in saying I didn't think they'd win a game in this series. Just because I believe that much in the Clippers, not because I don't think the Mavs are good. Have things changed in your mind at all with them winning a game and then being in other games, or is this still the Clippers getting ready to pull this thing away? So I originally picked the Clippers in five, and then I was sitting there saying, if you just look at the series, look at the data, right? The Mavs have probably outplayed them about the first two games. We all know about the Porzingis ejection. And my and and I was sitting there saying, pick the Clippers, pick the Clippers. But yesterday before the game, I said, I think the Mavs are going to win. I don't think they fear L.A. Uh, I think Luca believes he could take me, you, and my producer and your camera guy and go out there and win. Like that the belief is through the roof and something's wrong with Paul George. You know, playoff P, all these terrible numbers, his comments after the game. So I picked the Mavs to win last night. I think even if Luka didn't get hurt, the Clippers were going to win that game, Pat. I never had the Mavericks win the series. But, man, after the first two games, they had me wavering. But now it's over. Now it's done. First off, let me say this. I can't believe Luka got back out there to play. Like, that was horrific. Look how ugly that ankle injury was. Props to him for going out there and being a warrior. I can't believe after the game he said it's not that bad. It looked pretty daggone bad. I don't know how he's going to go out there and carry the load for them. This series is over. It's going to be the Clippers totally slacking if the Mavs get another game, but they made it interesting early on. Anybody who's played basketball and has rolled an ankle like what he did in that game just immediately cringes because you know the feeling, and it's just it's about the worst feeling you could possibly have. It is huge props to Luka going back on the field. I saw these people reaching out to you on social media like, oh, he's just chasing the triple-double. Get out of here, dude. This guy's a winner. He cares so much about trying to build this franchise and be an all-time great. He's on the track to do that. Let's say something right now, man. This is a moral victory for the Dallas Mavericks. This series, talking about long-term here now, moral victories are few and far between in professional sports. It's all about winning, right? The Dallas Mavericks, they're not going to win this series, in my opinion. I'm with you. I think this is the Clippers series to win. But they have shown so much fight in this thing against a team that is clearly better than them, a team that clearly is a title contender where the Mavs are not quite there yet. I think that this is a huge building block in the foundation for the future of the Mavs. And one of those things I want to talk about is when Luka Doncic bumps into Montrez Harrell, Harrell falls on the ground like he got shoved to the ground in a huge way. 
Clearly it was a flop. And Luca looks at him and says, stop flopping, man. And wasn't yeah. afraid in that moment. And it turns into this big altercation, technicals on both guys on the floor. I loved it. I think that's the kind of fight you got to see from your star player on Luka Doncic. He's 21. Sean, he's learning. The Mavs spirit is the big winner here for me. Uh, it started with Marcus Morris. I actually started with Patrick Beverly until he, you know, disappeared and sat on the bench for these past couple of games. Patrick Beverly tried to get under Luka's skin early on. Luka did not whine and cry in game one at all. I was very critical of him for that throughout his career. One of the few things you can criticize, right? And then Marcus Morris with Porzingis. Marcus Morris wrapping up Luka. I wanted to see the Mavs fight back to the bully on the block. I have the Clippers winning the championship. I think they're the best team in basketball. And they got a bunch of tough guys, including Harrell. I love Pat that they did not sit there and cower and they did not go and run away and they got back in LA's face. And I agree with you about the goals for the series. You're going to get a lot of people watching this tonight that don't believe in moral victories. They're like, no, man, it's what winning or losing second place, the first loser. In the NBA, you have to go through these steps. You have to get hazed. It's, it's, it's like a fraternity. The Bulls and Michael did it. The Pistons did it. The Celtics, name all the different teams. Kobe and Shaq against Utah. This is a little bit of Mavs hazing, but get the experience and get someone else to notice you throughout the rest of the NBA so we can finally get another big piece to go ahead and win a title or a few. And I know I'm dating this, and I know that many people are going to be watching or hearing this after this news comes out, but uh, we're expecting an update from Rick Carlisle later tonight about Luka Doncic's ankle. That's going to be a huge determining factor in whether or not the Mavs can make this a series down the stretch because if he misses any time, that it's absolutely done from there. Let's transition now to Dallas Cowboys training camp and what's been exciting so far, man. I mean, not a lot of media out there. No fans have got a chance to be out there. I've been able to be at like four of their practices so far and, and gotten a chance to watch this team. It's a fast-moving practice right now. It feels different at the star than it does in Oxnard because it's just, you know, right there and everything's so compact. And, you know, I think this team has a chance like we expected the offense has a chance to be special. I, you know, I've seen Amari Cooper make some great plays. Michael Gallup makes some great plays. Blake Jarwin looks trimmer than he does in year, has, has in years past. He made a great touchdown catch in a practice the other day. Uh, you can't really get specific into it. They're asking us not into formations and things like that. I think you're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard this season. I'm going to put it that way. And not because they're taking away from Ezekiel Elliott. We'll just leave it at that. But the guy that everybody's talking about, man, C.D. Lamb looks incredible. I mean, he's catching everything. He is so quick. And I, Sean, you know, he's a rookie receiver. Sometimes that doesn't happen right away. I think C.D. looks unbelievable in what I've seen. In, and I'm going to admit, it's just a couple of practices. He looks like it's not too big for him. I'll leave it at that. You know, sometimes you just know when you watch someone, right? Like, you, you don't have to wait and see. You're like, this guy's special. He has it athletically, or he just has an it factor. And you, a lot of people say that about famous athletes. Like, walk into the arena, pretend like you don't know who it is. Who looks different? Who looks unique to you walking around? And people are saying that about C.D. Lamb. They're obviously practicing while our show is on the air, but everyone is going crazy about this guy. And then the Alden Smith hype train is right there along with it. So right now, Cowboys fans, us, we have someone to follow on the offensive side that's new, and it sounds like someone to follow on the defensive side that is new as well with C.D. Lamb and Alden Smith. 
Alden Smith, I'm glad you take us there because I'm telling you, man, this guy, he does look the part right now. And it's only been a few practices, but he looks explosive. He looks like he's seeing everything on the field as it develops very quickly. Um, you know, in the past, Demarcus Lawrence has taken a ton of criticism, right, for not being able to put up the numbers. But I think, you know, a lot of people who I really respect who study the game and know the game in a way, I'm talking guys at an NFL scout level, right? Things that you and I know the game, but those guys know it at a different level, right? And I've had a few of them say, DeMarcus has played way better than his numbers have indicated, but you just look at the way the teams attack the Cowboys defense, they're going to not let DeMarcus Lawrence beat them, you know? And so they're running away from him, they're doubling him, all that if Alden Smith can be even close to what he's shown in practice, I think it's going to be great for Alden. Obviously, comeback story. Hopefully, he's turned his life around, and the Cowboys are saying great things about him as a person and as a player. But I also think it could be great for Demarcus Lawrence, and this team needs that defensive line to be special because there are questions in the secondary. Alden Smith had a Hall of Fame start to his career. Like, people were talking about him the way everyone's talking about Nick Bosa in San Francisco. And, and I love Alden Smith even more right now, Pat, than I did when they signed him because you do not have to count on him. I'm, I've been tired of the Cowboys rolling the dice with Randy Gregory and relying on him to start or David Irving or some of these knucklehead guys who get suspended to start off the year. Go back and it's like an automatic that a Cowboy player is going to be suspended up front to start the season, and that includes Tank Lawrence. Well, now you get Everson Griffin. And he's going to start, we think. And Alden Smith, everything he gives you is gravy. And Dak said he's a monster out there. Uh, Mike McCarthy said, who's that? That would have been his first impression. I cannot wait to see this guy. I'm so jealous of you that you get to see Alden versus Tyron in the one-on-ones out there while Tyron was healthy. But Alden Smith, I can't wait to see it. And I'm glad you mentioned Tyron because that leads us into our next question. Man, I'm – The only thing I'm concerned about from the Cowboys offense and really as a team, I have questions about the defense as a whole, but I think this team has high potential, but for any team, injuries could be the thing, right? I mean, injuries can be the thing to slow it down. And man, they're starting to mount a little bit. We're we're less than three weeks away or right at three weeks from the first game, you know, and and no preseason games. Tyron Smith, you know, already on the cord work on the side without wearing pads. Lyle Collins not practicing. Uh, Gerald McCoy, you know, done and gone. Sean Lee is already injured. These injuries are starting to kind of grow a little bit. Your concern level right now when it comes to that, or is it just early enough to where like, hey, let's just make sure everybody's healthy and ready to go for week one? I'm most concerned based upon what I'm hearing about the offensive line. You're always concerned about Tyron. Lael, even before the minor car crash where he's apparently fine, had conditioning issues. That's what people were telling me. Mike McCarthy won't get into it, but how is Leo Collins going to come in out of shape? Like, why, why aren't we making a bigger deal of that? If that is true, and I find that out from a second person, I'm going to have to blast Lael. Like, don't just go ahead and get your hype for one season and all your praise and then come in fat and out of shape, if that's the case. And then what's going to happen on the interior? Everyone's just like, oh, man, Joe Looney's fine. We love Joe Looney. He eats popsicles. He'll replace Travis Frederick. Well, 80% of Travis Frederick, Pat, is still pretty daggone good. And then we have no idea what's going to happen at left guard. Connor Williams, I think we all agree, has been uh, a disappointment. Are you going to have Biotish in there? So all these first-round picks, all this draft capital and investment up front with the offensive line, and so far, 
they sound like the biggest concern of training camp. So for me, it's there with the injuries and then just overall with this team, the corners. You know I've been terrified of the cornerbacks all offseason long. And that leads us now to our next thing, man. You know, this story in Baltimore, Cowboys fans have been asking about Earl Thomas for for years now, you know, since he went and pulled Jason Garrett aside after that Seahawks game. I was standing there outside the locker room and said, come get me, come get me, you know, after that game there. And here he is now. And Ravens players, we're just going to leave it real vague right now. Okay, there was a fight in practice. They kicked Earl Thomas out. Ravens players are wondering and saying behind the scenes that they are done with him. They're ready for him to go. There's a way for the Ravens to get out of this without having to pay him much of his money that he has left. So he could be available. What's your interest level in Earl Thomas, an older safety, but a guy who, if you look at his numbers beyond the numbers, his PFF numbers, are really good. He only allowed, I think, six receptions in coverage all of last season and did a great job taking away that middle of the field. And the secondary is where the Cowboys' problems are. But there is some drama that's been going on there for years now. So what's your interest level in Earl Thomas for the Cowboys if he becomes available? Gosh, I'm so torn on this. My head is telling me no, that he was acting crazy in Seattle. He had that off-the-field incident with his brother. I'm not going to go into that. What you're talking about here with the Ravens. So my head is saying He's acting a little bit funny, man, and he's too old and not in his prime to be acting like this. But then my heart is saying, we've been so desperate around here. I'm worried about the secondary. What's the biggest insult we, you know, give the defense every year? No turnovers. You know, can Earl Thomas just be a guy who finds the ball? I'm not totally sold on the Cowboys' safeties. How could you be with Xavier Woods back there? I think I'm going to slightly lean towards staying away from him, but I don't – I can't tell you I wouldn't be excited and hyping it up for one season if they go and add him. Where where are you with it? It's tough. I'm in. I think you go for it. You know, they've already made these decisions to give a guy like Alden Smith a second chance. Dak's on this franchise tag deal – you have your offense, you've gone all in on the offense with drafting CeeDee Lamb in the first round, even though your new defense is really your biggest need. Um, you know, if a guy that talented is available, you'd have to think at this point in his career, they could get him with some serious outs and some serious ability to cut ties if things did go south. I just feel like the Cowboys are in a position right now where this is a window and this really ha- there's an opportunity right now to have a premier top of the NFL offense and a fantastic defensive line and pass rush. You mentioned the turnovers. You get a guy like a ball hawk like Earl Thomas in the middle of the field, it could be that one thing that just puts you just a little bit further up the list. I don't know, man. I, if, I'm, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm really tempted, and I'm probably pulling the trigger. If he becomes available, I'm going to make the deal and, and go ahead and do it. I'm going to have to go see. I know that you did your PFF homework. I'm going to ask some of my guys in Baltimore that I know just how good he was last year. I heard he was relying more on the head and, and, and not the physical ability with the speed. Um, but, man, is he better than Xavier Woods today? I'd probably have to say yes. I just don't want him doing any of that crazy stuff here, man, because it seems like they have an okay locker room under a new regime in Mike McCarthy. But Jerry, Jerry might just go for it. I, I think Jerry might push the chips in. But will Steven pull him back? I don't know. Never afraid 
to take a risk, Mr. Jerry Jones, that is for sure, which leads us to our next topic, the fact that Jerry's coming right out, man, and saying, we're having fans in our stadium. I mean, look at all the teams around the NFL saying no fans for the either the whole season or at least for the first month of the season. And Jerry's like, no, week two, our first home game, Atlanta Falcons, we're opening the gates, we're opening the, the roof. I heard his interview on KNC, and he's just like, we got fresh air, we got, you know, three million cubic feet of air-conditioned air, and he's like, we're in. I mean, I, I, I at least it, I appreciate his willingness to, to take a leap out there and say, hey, we're going to give this thing a shot. And I know a lot of Cowboys fans are probably saying, hey, if I can go to the grocery store, I probably am okay to sit at social distance at a game. Does it bother you that Jerry's coming out saying we're going to have some fans at our games if he has any way to, if he has any control or any say over it? No, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, I know that the stadium will be full. Uh, there's no way. And the Cowboys probably will have, be the only team in the NFC East with a home field advantage. Philadelphia initially said no. The Washington football team, I don't think, is going to do it. They don't have any fans left anyway. Uh, and then the New York Giants, the Jersey governor said no. I love Jerry saying that he's going to air condition the stadium even with the roof open on, on the fan the other day. He's like, I can afford the air conditioning bill. Like, don't worry about the AC bill. He's so desperate to have people in there. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. I'm sure they'll come up with a plan. You won't see me probably there because you still have to – how are people going to go to the bathroom and stand in lines – for concessions and beer. Are you telling me that you are going to be able to socially distance and police people four, five, nine Miller lights in Jerry Jones while standing in line? I don't think so, man. You're not going to see me there. I don't have a problem with it. Jerry loves football so daggone much. He really believes it is like a fabric of society we cannot do without, that we all need it, the country needs it, everyone needs it. But I, I, I don't know how you police that with the concessions in the bathroom. Definitely makes you wonder if they're going to have to make some adjustments with that. Like, for example, Texas Motor Speedway is not allowing fans to bring coolers in, things like that. Maybe they limit concessions somehow. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see in general how it goes. I, I want to ask you, we're going to finish the show up with our best and worst of the week. Man, what's the best thing that has happened to you here the last week or so? You lead us off. You're the guest. Your best of the week. I mean, I got to give the Stars some love here. You know, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but, man, first of all, going to a hockey game, we all know, is awesome. Like, it's probably the biggest difference in a sport, right? Watching it on TV versus going. But playoff hockey is amazing. Back and forth, the, the action can shift just like that. And then they're down 3 nothing the other day, and they score seven in a row. What are the odds of that happening? That is insane. So the stars uh, and then moving on to the second round, my best of the week, my worst of the week, Pat, I need your help. Let me see this. My newborn. Oh, my newborn won't sleep, Patrick. Oh, look at that guy. His What's up, man? Say hi, Oliver. You see the Cowboys. You see him repping it. He won't nap. He's food drunk right now. This is the only way he's asleep. This is my worst of the week, along with the Rangers getting nationally embarrassed by the Padres. How do I get this boy to nap, Pat? Please, come babysit, please. I got to tell you, bro, you just wait. You give it a couple years, you're going to be like, man, it went so fast. The days years. are long. The days, the days are long. The years are short. Just remember that phrase in the back of your mind, because mine are getting ready to start second grade and kindergarten. Hard to believe. All right. My best of the week 
is nowhere near, man. Look at that guy. I love the Cowboys deal too, man. But best of the week, hey, our first Wingstop Inside High School Sports Show. Going off without a hitch. High school football back to an extent, 4A and below the smaller schools. Great programs like Argyle and Salina, Midlothian Heritage, Decatur. It's going to be cool to kind of feature the smaller schools a little bit the first couple of weeks while the big schools wait to kick off at the end of September. And so fired up to have that and kick off our coverage on Saturday nights on NBC5 at 630. You know, I love high school football, Sean. And the show is just so fun, man, to do every single week. Now, you know the kid that the Longhorns got, the big recruit in the Tom Herman era, the kid that they signed up at quarterback the other day? What, what's oh, his deal? What's his man, score? Quinn Ewers, the South Lake Carroll quarterback, number one recruit in the nation for 2022. He was, he was named by ESPN, whatever their high school coverage name is now, as the top high school football player in America right now. When you're talking like Ooh. big picture, and he's only played as a sophomore at South Lake Carroll. He can run. He can throw. He's about 6'4"-ish. He's a big guy. He's got the smarts. Their coach, Riley Dodge, you know, well-known high school football legend in North Texas, says this guy's the full package. That's a huge win for Tom Herman there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Quinn Ewers and South Lake Carroll and Tom Herman, man. That's a great get for the Texas Longhorns for sure. Uh, my worst of the week is – we noticed our floor in our home kind of buckling a little bit at one spot inside the office area. Next thing you know, we bring out the plumber, and they think we have a slab leak underneath the house, which is a expensive, not fun construction zone. We had fans blowing. It sounds like an air, airport runway in our house right now, 24 hours a day. There was one silver lining that everybody from the plumbing company came in and they all said, man, you got to give a shout out to my guy, Sean and RJ. I love listening to you when you fill in on the fan. I'm not kidding, man. Metro yeah. Flow, free shout out to the plumbing company in North Texas. Huge Tolos, and they love 105.3 The Fan. You got some fans there at Metro Flow Plumbing, Sean. Nice. I hope my house has the same issues so I can meet these guys. I hope I have a flood and everything happening underneath my floor so I can meet the Tolos, baby. No, you'll know real problems if you start talking about this stuff, man. It's no good. Hey, you can listen to Sean Sharif on 105.3 The Fan, the Sean and RJ Show, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, man, I keep doing a great job. You guys are crushing it, and we're heading into football season, baby. This is our go time. This is when you really do your best work. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate coming on. Thanks for filling in for Choppy or me, as always. And Man, let's let's get football on the field, please. We need it. Please, Jerry, pay everyone's air conditioning bill. Let's get football back. Amen to that. That is it for the NBC5 Sports Podcast presented by 105.3 The Fan. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.